0: Hello and welcome to episode number two of the pre-season tour of FDT-TV. As always, I am, I was going to say I am Mike, but I'm not. I am Ian. I'm joined by Mike. Mike. Um, (laughs) I mean, it's it's, it's, it's been hot. It's been hot. Yeah, I was just about to say. you can excuse the brain. You can be forgiven. Yeah, it's like, what's going on with the world? Um, I suppose it's probably a good thing because it means that the players are going to be ready for Qatar.
1: Absolutely, I mean, absolutely. Well, well and truly prepared.
0: Yeah, um, you, can't, you can't Where are you? Um,
1: where are you boys in your pre-season?
0: Um, a little bit all over, by the looks of it. I mean, we played Rangers last night uh, at Ibrox. Um, didn't go too well, I have to say. Nil-nil <laughs> at half time. Final score three-one. Um, Tom Lawrence, who played, who's just signed from Derby, scored. Uh, and set up one for Rabbi Matondo, who I thought we should have signed a couple of years ago. He's still a young guy. I think he's like 21, but fabulous. Mm-hmm. Fabulous winger and, and tore uh, Cresswell apart, unfortunately, when he came on. Um, and also, Anu signing a Gerd. now I said about a Gerd defender. Um, <laughs> went off injured. Yeah. They thought he'd broke his ankle because it swelled up like a balloon after oh, a horrible Jesus. challenge. Um, it's not broken, but they reckon he might have done his ligaments so he could be out for a fair, some fair time. 30 million signing. So it turns
1: out it wasn't a good signing.
0: <laughs> oh,
1: mate, that's that's tragic.
0: Even better, the season is looming. Yeah, how far away is it now? Not, it's not far I'm, what, two weeks? Mm. Two to kick off. Uh, we still haven't got a striker. Um, so I don't want to say that that's a bad thing, but <coughs> we still haven't got a striker. Apparently we were in advance talked with Boregia Ber- from Chelsea, but still paper talk all we'll paper talk hmm. but on a more positive note Arsenal have uh, been playing pretty well in the pre-season have they not
1: yes they've done really well uh, we've had two games already um, do you know I can't even remember who we played in the first game um, bear with uh, oh yes I can it's uh, FC Nuremberg in Germany yep uh, we were 2-0 two, two nil down and I was like oh for God's sake here we go and um, <clears throat> granted it was a, a very mixed squad in the first half um, and then it was a very mixed squad in the second half as well but Gabby Jesus come on, uh, scored one got uh, re- resulted in an own goal uh, resulted in another own goal and scored another one and Mohamed Elneny mate absolute banger you get a chance to watch it, it must be about 30 35 yards I thought out.
0: I've seen it, like i oh, it like.
1: Absolute belter of a goal. Um, <clears throat> yeah, then we had our second game, uh, midnight on Saturday against Everton out uh, in America, mm-hmm. and we won 2 0. Very, very confident performance again. Damage was done in the first half. Um, I've got, I've got to be honest, I think considering it was a pre season friendly, I think. Everton were going in a bit nutty boy and you can tell or you could sense that Deli Alley wanted to cause someone some injury because yeah. he was playing like an absolute knob. Um <clears throat> and a couple of a couple of their players were coming in with nutty boy challenges as well which was a little bit stupid but um we saw the um Gabby Jesus on the uh, on the score sheet again and uh I can't remember who got the second one we're well prepared for this. Well prepared. <laughs> <laughs> um, someone else got Saka. another goal. I think it was Saka
0: um, with a with a little knock in, wasn't it, at the far post? Who was that? Wasn't it Saka?
1: Yes, it was. Yes, it was. Yes. Um, Don't miss a trick, me? No, no, definitely not. <laughs> it was. It, it definitely was Saka. Um, and then we've got another game tonight against Orlando FC. Uh, that's on at half past 12 tonight. So I definitely won't be staying up to watch that one. Yeah. Um, I'll catch the highlights at some point tomorrow. Plus, put, this is a little bit disgusting. Last year, hmm. um, what Arsenal did, they did for anyone that renewed their membership before X-Day, you get all the games for the pre-season that you can stream. Yep. This year, they're charging £5.99 per game. Or you can use some of your um, membership points. So they do like a, a points reward system now. So last year, uh, you could buy like the membership pack with the uh, with your rewards points and all this sort of stuff. Right. But your rewards points, effectively, it's like 250 points to watch a game. And that's effectively your points for the season gone.
0: Oh.
1: It's ridiculous. And I think the, the membership pack's like 1,000 points this year. It's a joke. So on that on that side of things, not impressed. Um, but I've got to say, their new shirt come out on Monday. It's an absolute beauty. I love it, I love it, I love it. And then we've obviously got the home shirt there. I'm trying to work out my bearings. Um, <clears throat> yeah, two very nice kits again. Um, and I actually go as far as to say is this is possibly one of my favourite kits that we've had. Mm. But, well, uh, away
0: kits, anyway. Yeah, but that's just what I was just saying to you, that actually, uh, having seen seen our boys play a little bit, and West Ham are, are streaming all of their uh, matches through the app. It's not always the best quality, but, but they're, they're streaming them and they seem to be free all the pre-seasons. Um, but I don't think I like our home kit. It's all it's all right. When I see it originally, like the, the fan version of it, that someone bought, I thought that looks poorly made. And then mm. I see it sort of in the shop, and I was like, um, okay, it looks a little bit better. But then, I so having watched it, it's like, it's just missing something.
1: Can I ask you a question just in relation to your um, replica kits? Yeah. So <clears throat> for for us, for the last few years now, they're doing a, a replica shirt, and then they're doing like a player issue shirt. Are mm. you your boys doing the same? Um, not that I know of. See, I, I don't get this. It's like 70 quid for the replica shirt or a hundred pounds for the player issue. shirt. So,
0: the, they, And you know me,
1: yeah. I love a football shirt. Every shirt since 1985, hanging up in that closet, every shirt bar one, sorry, bar one, which is rare and rocking all shit. And I'm not spending a grand on it. Um, <clears throat> yeah. Loads. Of, so obviously I'm quite, I've, I follow quite a few um, football shirt enthusiasts on social media, um, check out our social medias in the uh, description. Um, yeah, but there's, there's there seems to be kind of like a snobbery now about whether you've got a replica shirt or a player issue shirt.
0: I've not noticed that. I mean, the first time I come across that was actually in, in rugby for England rugby, and mm. the 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 replica shirt for the fan is just made out of sort of normal fabric. The other ones men who have like the Gore Tex breathable. Armpits and, and uh, say, so I don't see the benefit in paying the extra unless you're uni- playing, yeah, and, and even then, I would have to question the impact athletically that it has. Mm-hmm. Okay, it might it might be cooler to wear that one, like in terms of body temperature, but other than that, I can't see what the what the benefit would be. I think I think in some senses it's just that like, oh we'll do this one it's a it's a little bit more special and people are buy it
1: and that that is there I mean they're key differences um so I think last year's shirt or the year before um there were subtle differences between the two shirts so obviously you've got your climber fabrics and all this sort of stuff but I think one of the the biggest differences was um the way that the badges were made right okay. so on this one you've just got normal stitching job um but for the player issue ones they're kind of like heat pressed now I've had issues with heat press shirts or heat press badges before 2014 yep. I think around about that sort of time when you put the um the shirt through the wash and well obviously a few times but the badge decided it wants to kind of flake away or whatever but uh, so I never really wanted to do that and obviously I'll I wear the shirts. Um, a few times a season uh, depending on whether we're playing home way or alternative or whatever Um, so I don't really see the need to 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 spend that additional plus I haven't got the physique for it (laughs) let's be honest I'm 37 years old I do not have the physique to be wearing some tight fitted tailored Bad boy, so just go for a large, stick me in it, (laughs) bosh. What's
0: that? Minor tight fitting regardless.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yes, because you're massive, mate. That's what it is.
0: Like your club. I don't well, I don't I don't think we will be this season. Like it's gonna be interesting, I think, because Mm. the the sort of the, the, the GSB out brigade can't moan they haven't spent any money this year.
1: Hmm. We
0: have spent money. We've spent money on Flynn we 12 million on Flynn Downs, he was like 7 million on Ariola, 30 million on a, on a good apparently 30 million on on this Barisia. Um the newest name is Dwight McNeil from Burnley. He looks like a slight like 15 million quid. So they can't say that they've not spent the money because hmm. they have. Doesn't mean that will bring performances. I think that's going to be yeah, the next yeah. issue. Um, I mean, against Rangers in the first half, Antonio should have had a few. I mean, I, I like Antonio; he's our top goal scorer, but he's he's not a striker. Mm. He's not a striker. He's filling the gap. He's a good player, but there's a bit like say what you struggled with last year—that out-and-out striker role where someone needs to know where the goal is. And, and I think mm. I think Jesus will fill that that gap. He looked hot on the heels of, say, when everyone were playing out from the back. He was pressing from the front already. So, mm. I mean, I've put him in my fantasy team um, alongside Haaland. I will say that. Um, but, yeah, I, I think he's going to do well for you this season.
1: I hope so. You, you've uh, got, have, you, um, have you seen this? The, this is one thing that's getting on my... T- in fact, I've got two two things I want to bring up tonight. Okay. And <clears throat> one of them... It's just an observation that we've seen on, um, on social media. Obviously, I, I know there's, or the, the tweets that I'm going to be able to see are, are kind of more relevant to the sorts of things that you're looking at, obviously with the algorithms and all that sort of stuff. But <clears throat> one of the things I wanted to bring up was the hate that I'm seeing from opposition fans towards some of the signings that we're getting, um notably, um Gabriel Jesus is one of them, yeah, and a lot of the stuff that I'm seeing from opposition fans is couldn't even get into the Manchester City team um when they needed a striker, blah 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 blah. Now I kind of get it, but when you've when you've got a squad as Manchester City have. It's going to be difficult for people to get game time at any point,
0: yep.
1: um, unless unless you're absolutely nailed on one hundred percent. But I'm not being funny. They could have won the league with their second squad. Oh yeah, they
0: could have. Or their five, second
1: yeah. eleven, um, and it just seems to be again. It's it's obviously just because of the sorts of stuff that I'm looking at. When you look at the likes of Richarlison signing for Tottenham. I think he only scored something stupid, like six goals or something last year or in the, the last two years. Um, I know he's had injuries and stuff as well, which has kind of kept him out for for a little bit. But when I'm seeing the the kind of, or the negativity, and again, it's probably, probably just down to good old-fashioned banter rivalry. Um, <clears throat> but I don't understand how anyone can say that um, Richarlison is going to be a better striker than so, Jesus. I
0: mean, before you even mention Richarlison I was going to say, is this from Tottenham fans? Mm. And I think the Well, no, not
1: just not just Tottenham fans. I've, there's been a quite a bit of uh, Man United as well.
0: So the Man United, I think, I'm worried that, that actually they can't sign anyone, and Ronaldo wants to leave. Um, mm. So I think that's got them a little bit riled up. Um, we've got a new manager. We're really big again. Don't think you are. In terms of Tottenham, I think the, the, the issue there is uh, Jesus was pipped to, to sign for them originally um, and chose not to. So I think it, that excitement then goes to hatred regardless because like, if you look back at their history you probably find somewhere there's a deleted tweet saying how good Jesus is and he's got to the squad and mm. he'll score 20 goals. Oh, he's signed for Arsenal, well, he's shit then, isn't he? I think he's yeah. a, a little bit of, of, of that sort of short-sightedness. Um, I like Richardson as a player. I think he'll play a good backup to Harry Kane. He's one of those players, I think, that can put in a 10. One, when he puts in a 10 out of 10, unplayable but he needs to find that consistency cuz he'll put in six fives a six then an eight a nine and then back down to so you only get a few good games out of him a season um which is why I think mm. maybe playing second fiddle might be a good idea um but still a good player just he's he's not gone there to 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 play every game is he no
1: i know, know. and <laughs> Just to draw back on something you just mentioned there about uh, finding that level of consistency, I don't understand how you're going to find that level of consistency with, or, or playing second fiddle. It's, it's the same with, um, as I mentioned, with Eddie and Nketiah. We had a conversation a few weeks ago <clears throat> saying, is he going to sign his new contract? Is he going to get regular football? Now, <clears throat> there must be some sort of guarantee um, with him and the the upper echelons for him to have signed his new contract. Obviously, wages is going to be part of it as well. But <clears throat> obviously, with the signing of Gabriel Jesus, and I think that the, the logic must be somewhere nowadays um, where we've got the five substitutes rule. Effectively, you are going to need your two squads obviously combining at that time. So I suppose, in a sense, your players are going to be fresher because they could be substituted earlier and you can make more of them. Um, So, sorry, just going back to what my point is, um, is because we've got the world cup this year and because obviously we've got the five substitute rule, do you reckon that Richarlison will get more game time to, to reduce fatigue and maybe improving that level of consistency.
0: Poss- quite possibly. Um I think I think that the substitutes will come into it. I think it could be the case that um uh, with Richarlison obviously Conte's not he's not new at winning stuff. He knows how to win trophies, he knows how to win leagues. And he will use those five substitutes to his advantage. I don't think he'll necessarily make them all every game. I think if he thinks there's a, a tactical advantage to be had He'll, he'll use it. You could see Tottenham sort of play like a four-two-two-two, a effectively, sort of two defensive midfielders, two wingers, two two strikers. Um, mm-hmm. The fact that he can play out on the wing as well gives some backup to Son and Kulawieski. Because if they've, yep. they've Sold Bergewin, I think Mora's gone, or if not, he's on loan. Um, so they they're lacking in sort of real depth. I think Jack Clark's gone out as well. Um, so there's there's not a lot of depth in those wide areas for Tottenham. So I think he'll be more, utilized more there. But yeah, I think you mm. might be right there. And I think that's the same with Enketia. I think you could mm. s- you could see in those games where last year you were struggling to score or produce anything in front of the goal. I think you could see two up top with Jesus and 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 Nketia, um, playing together. Uh, I wouldn't mm-hmm. be surprised if that's the case. Um, I, I'm just trying to think. Will will we see sort of that return of the three at the back with the two wing backs? Because it, it it worked a a few fair few seasons ago for Conte at Chelsea, um, mm-hmm. and w- it was Conte at Chelsea that did that, wasn't it? And then sort of everyone sort of utilized it for a couple of seasons, and it sort of went went out of way. And you see it every now and again, but I feel mm-hmm. like this this season you could see that sort of style of play come back. Um. But, yeah, the five substitutes can make for an interesting one. I think you're going to see the big clubs um, sort of muller some of the smaller clubs. Think, Oh, when you go, oh, okay, um, Bernardo Silva's tired, let's bring on Mares. Oh, okay, mm. Fo- De Bruyne's tired, let's bring on Foden. Like, oh, Rodri's tired, let's bring on Calvin Phillips. Do you know what I mean? Like, the, the squads that have got the ability to have qual- depth and quality just going to be unbeatable there's going to be a huge pull away and i think it's one of those mm. rules that without changing like the financial rules of things benefits big clubs it keeps big clubs yeah. on top um because i think yep. as as you've seen over the last couple of seasons that gap between the big clubs and sort of those that potentially float around to sort of upper mid table it's getting closer and closer and closer. I mean, we almost up, upset the apple cart this year. Um, I was going to say Everton did, but they didn't. But do you know what I mean? You've got those those clubs that, that are always there or thereabouts that, if they have a good season, could ping up. But, especially yeah. like last year, was that we struggled to fill a bench out last year. If we do that, if five substitutes were in last year, we wouldn't have finished where we finished which is why I think we're spending a bit of money. We've got lots of defenders this year. A couple of midfielder, no striker. Um, not that I'm bitter about it. But, but do you know what I mean? We're trying to build a little bit more squad depth as well as mm. bringing in some quality. Um,
1: but That's certainly something I've noticed for us as well in terms of the squad depth. It's something that we've been crying out for, <clears throat> I suppose, if, with the lack of quality um within our squad so we've had numbers we've just not had strength in numbers if that makes sense so there was always going to be that clear out process and I think with the lack of signings in January last year there was obviously a plan in place in order to um pull those resources and go in for the better quality of signings so we've seen um Obviously, Jesus come in. We've seen that Fabio Vieira. Not a clue about him. Um, apparently, he's really good. Um, Marquinhos, another up-and-comer, but is one for the future. Um, and <clears throat> one which is due to be announced um, very shortly is uh, Alexander Zinchen- oh, Zin- Zinchenko.
0: Zinchenko. I, I'm annoyed you've <clears throat> got him, to be fair, because I would have quite liked him.
1: And this is another player I've I've seen all this bashing about. It's like, oh, he's a shit defender, blah, blah, blah. Well, and it's like, no, whenever I've watched him, he's been quality.
0: He, he started his career as a, a central attacking midfielder um, until Pep came along. And then he sort of converted, he, he went out on the left wing, he played defensive midfield and he, he sort of played left back as well. But very versatile player. Oh, mm. we've got an injury in midfield. Okay, he's as it. well. Yeah. And he's still, like, what, only 24, I want to say? Uh, the 25. Oldest. 25, yeah, there you go. So, I mean, quality player. Best years ahead mm. of him, like, in his physical prime. But technically, I think, really good. So, and I think, he, having played with Arteta before, he wouldn't have gone in for me unless he knew his quality. Yeah. I do feel like Man City are becoming an Arsenal feeder team, but... um. <laughs> you just you're just waiting for harland in in the next like five years time isn't you
1: well we've had yeah that's it that's it um <laughs> Yeah, Wenger will come out in a couple of years and said, "Oh, I could have signed him before he went to Manchester City." It was like you weren't even the manager then. Doesn't mean
0: you couldn't have signed him. <laughs> the, um, the, the bit that makes the bit that gets me is I'm waiting for Arsenal to to spend money on a 33 year old player that's well past their prime and paying three hundred thousand pound a week. Yeah, Cause, I mean that, that that's
1: coming, mate. We have still got two weeks yeah, of the transfer So you window. never learn,
0: never learn your lesson. Um, so I think it's gonna happen. Yeah. Does the transfer window close before the season starts this year?
1: Um, I don't know. Um, let me just Google it. Talk, talk amongst the, yourselves. See,
0: and there's um, a, there's another idea which I see the other day, which I did quite like, but it, you can't really. It would it would be impossible to work. So the idea was that every club keeps their transfer business sort of behind closed doors. There's no unveilings. There's nothing until like a week before the, the, the season starts and then there's like this huge Premier League show about what, what transfers have been done and every every player gets unveiled. I thought it's quite a good idea. It sounds very Americanized, but it would mm. work with the pre-season friendlies and things like that.
1: Do you understand how a draft works? Yes. Right. So I was thinking talking about to like an um, NHL
0: draft or an, an NBA draft not out of college? Yes. Sort of thing, yeah.
1: yeah. So I was listening to um, to something the other day, and they were talking about what would you do to to kind of mix up the the transfer window, because obviously, as we've seen, um, the the rich clubs, or even if they're not rich, spending millions of pounds on players who they may or may not be able to afford. Yeah, um, and it does then again make the the more wealthier clubs stronger, as you just mentioned. But to, I think last year um, was one of the closest seasons we've seen yep. throughout the table. Um, do you think, to to make it more interesting, the Premier League would benefit from from something like that?
0: Um, I've thought about this before. I don't think it would work because of the way the sport's set up. So in like the NBA, the NHL, um, the NFL... The, the American school system sort of feeds into it. So they have their big colleges and the worst teams get the first pick and unless they're traded for it and there's monetary value in that or extra picks. The the football pyramid doesn't quite work like that. So there's there's no real feed into it. So I think it would make it more even, but then you have to stop the sort of the promotions and the relegations. So it takes some of that excitement out of it.
1: Hmm.
0: Um. The thing I think would make it more interesting is a salary cap. Yes. So, so not saying for every player. So you could you could spend, I don't know how much people spend a year on. Let's say hundred million pound a year on on salaries, um, and that sounds ridiculous. But what eleven starters, eleven backups. So twenty a twenty five man squad. Um. So, if you had 100 million, you could have two players that were like could exceed that or something like that. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so so the best of the best, it gives that drive to like your or your Mbappe's that everyone wants. You're not limiting their potential, but they've got to be one of these particular players that are out, like registered outside. Um, of your salary cap and I think that would make it more competitive but I don't think it'd Mm -hmm. ever work
1: no it definitely won't work sorry go on I
0: was going to say it's a bit like the the financial fair play is written to benefit the big clubs you can spend X amount of what you bring in well the big clubs bring in more than the smaller clubs so you can't ever compete on that same level because I can't I can't buy Mm -hmm. the same quality of player that you're buying because I can't afford the wages I can't fit it into that financial fair play without being punished so you're limiting mm-hmm. the smaller clubs and the bigger clubs get bigger and bigger and bigger. Because I've bought in six profile signings. Okay, my global reputation becomes bigger. I bring in more money, which means next year I can spend even more. So mm. it's, it's, yeah, written for and by the big clubs, I think. <laughs> yeah, but
1: I, I, it was a good... Did you know it? It's one of those things that made me think, what what could we do to make more interesting um now talking about big clubs there's that kind of nicely segues considering we haven't got a script or anything or a a plan for today's conversation another topic that came up um yesterday i think it was when i was listening is what do you define as a big club now i heard some very good arguments about this um, but also had some absolute drivel uh, when when you had people calling up and asking. It. I just wanted to get what your take is so on what defines a big club.
0: That's a very, very good point, but I think there has to be a distinguishment between a big club and a prestigious club. Okay. So, for example, Derby, you could say for where they are now in League One, are too big for that league because the amount of fans they draw in every week... Um, But in terms of are they bigger than Manchester City? No. One, I think this is really difficult. So it's I I know what I want to say, but so I think it comes to quality of the club and the players that you play, like quality of the football. What competitions are in currently? Mm -hmm. uh, Like consistently bringing in thirty plus thousand people. You could say, okay, world world reputation sort of. Could you go to Namibia and go show them a club badge? Who's this? And they know who it is. I think that that has something to do with it. I don't mm-hmm. know why I chose Namibia. That was just the first country that was obscure that came to mind. Um, <laughs> but then you have like prestigious clubs. Leeds, I would say, used to be a big club. They're a prestigious club because they've got lots of history, but not a big club. Mm-hmm. They bring in, they bring in, they do meet some of the criteria. They bring in big crowds to have a, 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 a un faltering support from their fans, but the quality of football they play and the competitions are in, they're not a big club. They can get there again, but I don't think that I don't think it's a god given right. Manchester United, very prestigious club, at the minute are they a big club? No. They're on their way back, sort of trying to work there, but. The quality of football, the competitions they've been playing in, they're bigger, they're bigger club of of the Premier League, but not a big club. Do you know what I mean?
1: So you're saying you've got prestigious club and then big club.
0: Yeah, so above prestigious, it. Is the, it, right? Okay. So the prestigious club is is that that has done well historically. So Derby, I would say, is a prestigious club because Champions League things like that. West Ham, could you could say prestigious club? I wouldn't say we we're a big club. I mean, I'd say we we're massive, but <laughs> they're <laughs> but the
1: exception. So we've got a prestigious, big club, massive.
0: <laughs> yeah. So, so no. But what I'm saying with West Ham is we have a big fan base. We we sell the most mm-hmm. season tickets in in the league every year. That's since we moved into London for Stadium. That's a fact. Um, so the support is there, but the quality the quality is getting better. But I don't think. It, it, it's good enough to say we're a big club because if we were, we'd be finishing in the top four. We're a big club. Okay. We, we play with broad shoulders. Do you know what I mean? Chest out and all that. You're not. <clears throat> Do you know what? I think
1: I've over the last, um, sorry, over the explanations that were given, like I said, there were some really good responses. And I think I've, I'm not just saying this because I'm, I'm, Obviously talking to you on our channel. Mm. I think that is the best answer that I've heard. Um, and it's one that makes sense as well. Now <clears throat> I was I was trying to work out whether Arsenal were a big club. Now, one of one of the guys that phoned up yesterday mentioned that there's only two big clubs in the Premier League at the moment. Bancity I'll
0: Liverpool. give you
1: three guesses. Yep. Yep. Yes, exactly. And I would right. put potentially
0: so an... Chelsea Chelsea would I, I would class as a big club at the minute. Okay. They're not they're not so top tier th- big club, but but if you put all the like European clubs in, they would be in a in the top sort of percentile of, of clubs.
1: Okay. So his his reasons being were um in order to, to be classed as a big club is that you need to be seen to be winning things and um basically it was a Manchester City fan phoning up and saying, Well, it's it's the competitions you play in and it's the um the the volume of attendance and um the trophies that you've won. Yeah. That was his um his criteria for what a big club is. Yep. Now, if we put that against the model, which you've just said. Obviously, one of the presenters on there is a Manchester United fan. And he was saying, so what you're saying is Manchester City have only been a big club since they first won the Premier League in 2012, I think it was, 11-12. So they've only been a big club for 10 years. And he was like, well, no, 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 because you've got to take into account history. We were massive, like, way back then. And the argument was, well, no, that then that doesn't obviously meet your criteria the fact that you've got to be relevant winning stuff, blah, 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 blah. Liverpool. Are you saying that up until the point where they won the premier league uh, a couple of years ago, does that mean that up until then they weren't a mass- massive, uh, Oh, sorry, they weren't a big club? Yeah. Manchester United. Where are you saying that Um, then they're, they're not a big club now? I, what he, what, yeah, what this, what this guy's argument from. was was because Manchester United haven't won really anything notable in the last ten years. Obviously, they've won uh, the Europa League and an FA Cup. I think they've won. Yep. Um, that it doesn't, or they're not a big club.
0: Yep. Now,
1: if if you if you take it in the context of which you've put it in, i.e., the presi- prestigious club and then a big club. It makes more sense. So for, for me, I would put Arsenal in a prestigious club, yes. but not currently at
0: yeah, the big club and level. And I, w- I would put I would put Arsenal, uh, Manchester United in the same sort of category. Very prestigious clubs, and I would put them as sort of uh, I, I would probably title them as like a, a fallen giant. Both got abilities to win things. We know that both very 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 strong support around the world, but the quality of football that's being played recently and the mm-hmm. calibre of players that are being brought way in and things like that. It's not at the top, top level. You're not competing at the top, top level. Um, the old double top. Um, but like <laughs> um, Newcastle. Another one. Sorry, Very call. prestigious club. Mm. Lots of history. Lots of unwavering sport, but not a big club. They might get mm. there with the back end that they've got now, with financially, but not a big club. Can could be. There's nothing to stop anyone being a big club. In Burnley, Burnley Mm. are the big club. In the world, Mm -hmm. Burnley are not the big club. They're not a big club. But in Burnley now, do you know what I mean? Yeah. I think you have to look at it. And I would have said Manchester City are a big club. They're not a prestigious club. Because, okay, they have some history back in the day, but it's not the same club as what it was.
1: Mm Mm-hmm.
0: But I wouldn't say they won enough and were dominant to be a prestigious club. Do you you get what I mean? In 10 years' time, when they've won a number of more trophies and possibly a Champions League or some European stuff and more FA Cups, they'll be a prestigious club as well because Mm -hmm. they've got that sort of trophy hall behind them. And same as Liverpool, very prestigious club up until recently, probably the third year that Jurgen Klopp were there, weren't a big club because the quality of football they were playing Weren't great. They weren't. Mm. They were, If they had a bad day, they'd get smashed. Now, if they have a bad day, they might draw or lose 1-0. It's not a... Yeah, yeah. Do, do you know what I mean? On, the, on their worst day, they're still better than most football clubs out.
1: Yeah, they'd probably go 2-0 down and think, oh, is this it? Is this going to be the game? And then they somehow might get dodging Mohamed Salah penalty and... A last-minute equaliser, but I know I know exactly what you're saying, and like I said, is I'm not just saying this because, obviously, I'm presenting with you, but that is the best explanation I think for what is a big club yeah. for me, and I think if I was ever drawn into that conversation, that's exactly the argument I would use. And as the, best, well.
0: the best bit about that is, say, I'm not usually very eloquent with with stating what I'm trying <laughs> to think, and I usually ramble on a lot. And the fact you hadn't given me a heads up on that was totally off the <laughs> off the cuff. Um I like that. Maybe that will lead us to do a tier list of the Premier League as a big club, small club. Mm. Maybe that's an idea. Um there was something that I thought was interesting. So over the last we're talking of Manchester United being a prestigious club. Over the last few years they've had a number of managers, but the the only consistent part of that team is David De Gea. Mm-hmm. Eric Ten Hag's in. I don't know if you heard about this David De Gea got the ball he had a couple of options to pass short and he hoofed it absolutely hoofed it up the pitch where there's no need to turnover possession Eric Ten Hag you hear him from the sideline saying David what the fuck was that <laughs> I, don't, I don't think he's going to be tending goal for very long I think he's the consistent part of, of Manchester United that has been for the last 10 years I suppose Ain't going to mm-hmm. be there, and and I think they've they've already loaned or sold Dean Henderson. So I think Manchester yep. United might be in for a new goalkeeper soon. Yeah, I don't think Ten Hag going to be happy with the hoof it. and that might be because he's not he's not confident by passing it to Harry Maguire. Yeah, it could be. That. Yeah, but, uh, but, but that's a conversation we need to have. Um, but yeah, I can see Manchester United with a new keeper soon.
1: Well, I see um, I see a video of um, them doing, have you, I don't it. you've probably seen it, where um, they're doing some training drills or something before they went on their pre-season tour or whatever, and you hear say so many mistakes. <laughs> but, uh, to be fair, I, I, from what I've uh, seen, obviously they played Liverpool uh, last week, I think it was last Thursday, I think they played Liverpool and won 4 nil. And granted, obviously Jürgen Klopp, I heard, changed the the formation and the players on the pitch every 30 minutes to obviously give people a bit of a run out. But all of a sudden you've got the uh, the Manchester United people coming out saying, this is our year, we're going to win. They're, um,
0: they're not going to win the league, but did I not no. say uh, at the end of last season, it might have been a couple of weeks ago, I think Liverpool are going to falter this year. I think they're going to really struggle. Because they've got rid of Mane. I mean, for me, not playing as much. They've they've made a couple of big signings. Um, have you seen the 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 quote from the Benfica chairman? Where Is this
1: about uh, Darwin Nunes? Nunes? No, I haven't.
0: So essentially, he said we we understood they'd already contacted, us, say we were interested in Darwin Nunes. They'd sent some scouts out to watch him a few times. So they w- were prepared to sort of received this 30 million pound bid and they were like yeah we can do that because we've got some really good young strikers in our academy so 30 million fantastic the bid come in for 100 million pound with add-ons and they were all sitting around the table just laughing <laughs> and I went yeah okay not a problem um, and it was a, it was the quickest deal apparently the, the club's ever done but they were like "Have why have they offered 100 million for them why have they not come in lower and he, he, he was just laughing about it because he couldn't understand why they'd done what, how, why they do business like they'd done business.
1: That's madness. The fact
0: that he said. And from
1: what I've seen, he's had a bit of a shocker as well in pre season. He
0: statistically, he's a really good striker. But being statistically a really good striker in Portugal, playing for one of the big two clubs, is very, very different to playing Premier League football.
1: As so, we found out for the last few years.
0: And he has he has potential. He has potential. But as we know with strikers, it's a confidence game.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: If, he, if he don't get a quick few goals, which I don't think he will, because he's going to be playing with where Firmino was playing. Um, so Firmino is not going to be feeding the ball. Mohamed Salah refuses to pass to anybody. Um, Jota will be trying to score goals to get his place. And so will the other guys who they signed in January. Um, I can't remember his name. Diaz, oh. Luis Diaz. Yes, he he will be trying to get goals as well. So, I think they're going to struggle for goals. Lots of goal scorers, no creators. For me, now, and, for me, for me now, and Mane, both possible. They're both really good team players. Mm-hmm. Milner is not a good team player, but he's he's past it now. I know, I know he's fit and he's, but he's he's he he can't he he's not going to be able to compete week in week out at the level he has been for the last 57 years
1: <laughs> 58
0: no oh, sorry
1: Sold him <laughs> short no i get your point i'm i'm do you know what i'm absolutely so excited for this season and i <clears throat> obviously just coming, i'm i'm purely basing this on um from what i've seen in the pre-season friendlies and i know it's very very different or it's going to be very different going into the Premier League. But I don't think I've been as excited for a start of a season for a long while. Obviously, we had the issues with Aubameyang, um last year, kind of went off the boil a little bit, um, kind of continued into the start of the season, his disciplinary issues, and then leaving in the January. Where was we going with that? But we're now getting players that appear to want to, A, wear the shirt, and B, would do anything for that team and i haven't felt this positive about the start of the season i could probably go back and watch every kind of pre-season video that we've done and i've i've said exactly the same thing but i think this is one of the or not not the year that we're going to win the premier league whatever but i don't remember being this excited for the start of a Premier League season.
0: So, based, sorry, just based off of what you said there, being very excited. Where do you see Arsenal finishing? Obviously, we've got we've got another show before the, the start of the Premier League, so this could change. But where do you see Arsenal finishing?
1: Currently, fourth. Okay. Um, and there's method to my madness on this one. I think we're still a couple of signings away from. Being a really good transfer window. I yep. think we need another, another winger and another midfielder, okay. and I think that would be a lot of the positions that we've had issues with covered. Yeah. Um. Obviously, we saw Nuno Tavares last year. I think he's a player that's got massive potential. Um, and with the rate that Kieran Tierney gets injuries, I think the pressure was or he, a he wasn't used to the the pace of the Premier League and b is he's young and inexperienced and wanting to do well. And obviously we see him substitute off a couple of times last year and he didn't take that well. However, we've seen some other players embrace um, the changes that have been brought in and have made a big impact. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Excuse me. Now, the reason why I think we will finish fourth is because I think the gap in quality between Liverpool and Manchester City Last year was so big um, that I think it may take another season or two to kind of close that gap. Yep. Whereas for the, the players that we've signed in, they're all young or they're young-ish, early to mid-20s, um, or sorry, the bulk of that. So I th- I still think there's still that level of maturity which needs to develop. Um, and I still think we're we're slightly off the pace of that. And I will go down as Man City top. Yep. I think Chelsea will finish second yep. and Liverpool third. And See, I, us four.
0: That That is very close. I've gone, I've gone Man City top, Chelsea second, Arsenal third. And then I think it's a shootout and it'll be very close between Liverpool, United and Tottenham for that fourth position. And I think Tottenham will pip it. I, I really do. I think Jurgen Klopp's gone, gone at the end of the season, if not before. That's my okay. prediction for this year.
1: Well, we're, as you said, we've still got one more um, one more show to do. But that, as as things stand, um, with maybe. the current signings that yeah. we've got, uh, and it depends on who we get course. out as well. I think will be um, may may change my predictions. But um, yeah, that's where I'm going. Very good.
0: Okay, I think maybe we should wrap it up there, and then join us for the last pre 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 season special, the week before Monday before. The season kicks off with all of our sort of transfer summary sort of thing. Uh, thoughts on all the season going forward and, yeah, something else special, I'm sure.
1: I'll just give a quick shout out to the Lionesses as well. They're playing Spain this evening. Yeah,
0: doing quite well at the minute. Mm. doing quite well at the minute, but maybe we'll recap on that because I think the tournament was wrapped up by the time we uh next thing so we can look back on that as well. Cool. Cool. All right, well. Until next week, I've been Ian. I've been Mike. Make sure you're subscribed, and we'll see you very, very soon. Thanks very much.